Hey, it's Aloe Baker from Breakfast with Aloe Baker on Triple M. Welcome to my show, Catch Up. Here's some of the best bits and some of the best guests we had on the show this week. Hello and Maroon, NRL footy tips. Thanks to Autobahn Dubbo. Thursday morning, new round of qualifiers this week. Maroon, I don't see my Sharkies anywhere on the list, and there must be some kind of mistake. Yes, well, mate, they uh, did their best this year, didn't they? Unfortunately, they were uh, gazumped in the end there by the Gold Coast Titans, which makes me think eight teams is probably too many teams for the finals. Uh, however, mate, if you make the finals, you make the finals, don't you? So they miss out this year. The Cronulla side, but next year they'll have, uh, of course, Craig Fitzgibbon and a whole bunch of uh, big names going to the club as well. So I think the finals next year, I think Fitzy's going to be a great first-grade coach. Not to mention we played Storm last game, so we didn't do that much like there anyway. Uh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of Storm, they're up uh, tomorrow night, 7.50pm, up against the Eagles. Well, you know, everybody's, uh, for the first time in the history of Manly, I think they're the sentimental favourites or the, yeah. or the crowd favourites, Allo, but uh, let's let's be realistic here, mate. They've in their last twenty games since March, Melbourne have still only lost the one game since March. So uh, they're going to go in. They're not going to underestimate Manly. They'll, you know, Manly might be the the crowd favourites at the moment, but mm. Melbourne will say, okay, we've got to stop Turbo, we've got to stop DCE, we've got to stop those big bopper forwards. Melbourne will be ready for them, and Melbourne will win the game. I hear every single day Tommy Turbo is the best player in the game. Would you agree with that or not? Oh, look, I think so, mate. At the moment, certainly the best back in the game. Mm. We saw that try he scored last week. He looked like he was playing against under 10. So how, many, how, many, mo- how many tackles did he dodge? Nine or something? Mate, he dodged nine tackles. It reminded me of when I was playing for the Waterloo Waratahs. I mean, I would have been one of the oh, ones he right. dodged. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you were playing juniors. Uh, all right, let's talk about Roosters Titans. That's coming up on Saturday. Yeah, well, I'm going to go the Roosters here. They get back uh, Victor Radley. They get back Jared Waria Hargraves. Uh, I think the, the Gold Coast Titans have made the finals. You know, they've played their grand final getting to the finals. So I think the Roosters will just be too experienced in key positions and too good. Now, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Your bunnies are taken on the Panthers. Last time they met, didn't work out for them. No, and look, I, you know, I'm a little concerned that the bunnies are um, underdone. If we look at the last 12 games, the only hard game they've had is that Penrith game, and they lost that game. So, uh, look, this game could go either way. Look, for Cody Walker to have a big game in a big game. That's what South need. Cody Walker to turn it on in a big game. Um, so, some big matchups in this one here, too. I'm... I think Cleary's going to have a blinder. He's going to pepper this young kid with bombs if he plays fullback uh, young Tarth. But, mate, you know I can't tip against my bunnies. I'm going to take the bunnies to win. Even at your own detriment. You could have a clear sweep of winners, but you're not going to tip against mate, your bunnies. the bunnies are the nation's team. More important than the FJ holding the ice Vovo on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I never, ever go against them. Never. So you leave Tim Tams out, why don't you? Oh, no, and, of course, Tim Tams. Uh, Sunday, Eels taking on Knights. Well, this is going to be an interesting one. Now, look, Mitchell Pearce might be the difference here. Mitchell Pearce is a, a big game player. Like, he's a bloke who's been there and done that in grand finals, in prelims, in finals. Kalen Pong is a big game player as well. But Parramatta, of course, get back. Uh, Mickey Moses uh, and, of course, that big bopper, Junior Paulo's coming back into the side. Gutherson. Going to be a good game. I think a high-scoring one, and I favour Parramatta just. Only four games this weekend. If you could only watch one, what would it be? It would be the nation's team, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, taking on Penrith. There it is, there it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maroon, always a pleasure. Uh, it's DJ for your bunnies, and I guess next week we'll know, well, within a couple of days, we'll know within you know if they're going to go all the way or not. Well, exactly, and thanks to the team at Auto Barn Dubbo. Now they've sent me down some high-quality oil to put into the Camaro. They, these blokes need to realise I wouldn't even know where the oil goes. Well, I would, but it's been a long time since I've done my own oil. Oh, but Autobahn, I'm going to give it to my guy and he's going to put it in for me. Just weaves in there that he eats caviar and drives a Camaro, doesn't he? Can't Mate, help. I eat Devon and <laughs> eat and drink cordial. <laughs> That's Alan Maroon's NRL footy tips. Thanks to Autobahn Dubbo. Tomorrow marks the tragedy, the 20-year anniversary of September 11 and those horrific attacks right now, joined by Michael Usher, who was at the time... Uh, a Nine News journalist at Ground Zero there in New York City. Michael, welcome to the show. And can you believe it has been 20 years already? No, not at all. It's crazy. When I mean, it was only about a week or so ago it dawned on me that it was 20 years. And to me, I think for a lot of people who watched it all as well, it, you know, there are images that are seared in our minds and it does seem like yesterday. And so much changed then. You know, we're still feeling all the effects of that day right now, aren't we? Yeah, well, any time we fly on a plane anywhere, the amount of security we've got to go through, uh, reg- like, regardless of where we are in the world, but especially in America. The world turned that day. It just it just set off in a different direction. And, you know, there was a lot of innocence destroyed on that day when those planes hit the towers in New York and the Pentagon and then crashed into the, into the farm field. America was under attack, but the world was too. I mean, America's democracy, its very bedrock of all of its principles and values was attacked. But then we went to war and we joined in on that as the coalition of the willing. Remember that term that was used back then? Australia was part of all of that. And that led to Iraq. It led to Afghanistan. And it led to almost two decades of random, terrible terrorism right around the world. So it definitely turned that day. And, and like I said, we're still feeling the impact of all of that. That's terrible. I mean, I remember reporting it at the time when I was in New York and it was very overwhelming. I think it was very overwhelming for anyone watching it, but it was very overwhelming just standing there, trying to put into words, articulate words, what I was witnessing. And I've written a few times since that really it wasn't great reporting. It wasn't great journalism. What I saw, what I heard, I just said, because it was all too overwhelming. It was all too fast. And it was largely incomprehensible what had happened. And we were in shock. I was in shock. I think people watching it were in shock, you know, late night back in Australia when it was all starting to unfold. Um, and it was a very difficult time. And, and just the, the collab, the, the catastrophe of that amount of death at once. I think that's the thing that um, I can't get out of my mind. Those, those, you know, thousands of people who, you know, sadly many of them who vaporised in that in the terrible collision of the planes into the towers. Um, just just atrocious. It's got to be a, a terrorist attack. I can't tell you anything more than that. I saw the plane hit the building. And this is a strange thing to say. I've been to some places where the death and suffering was right in my face and much more palpable and raw. But the scale of what we saw in New York was just catastrophe, Armageddon-type stuff that I was just numb with it for a while the humanity punched me in the face right between the eyes about 24 hours later when manhattan became like a zombie town it was sealed the bridges were closed the tunnels were closed and that that great big teeming city of new york city of about eight million people became a very deathly quiet village overnight so 24 hours later when i started trying to walk around people were coming out and they were slowly sobbing and they were very upset and it was quiet and there were candlelit vigils around the place, and there was still dust in the air. It hadn't settled properly. But then people came out trying to find their relatives who lived or worked down in that area in Ground Zero. And, you know, 
you know, heart of hearts, we knew they were gone. There was no saving people in, in that in that place. But they were desperately walking around, just grabbing me literally by the by the shirt front, going, help me, help me. I can't find John. I can't find, you know, Susan. I can't find my wife. I can't find my husband. Can you help me, please? Help me. Put it on the TV. And it was beyond desperation. Um, and there's nothing that I could really do. I, you know, of course I did. I told some people stories. You know, we tried to amplify what they were feeling and had anyone seen these people and do the best we could for whatever that mattered. It didn't really matter at the time, but they were wanting to search so you could only but help them. And I found that humanity and that suffering really just upsetting. You know, you couldn't help but be upset with them as well. So that was very heart-wrenching. I remember those moments afterwards versus the actual... They're the bits that hit me. Difficult and strange and still is to this day. And overwhelming to this day as well, actually. It's strange to relive it and talk about it. However... I'm a big fan of history. It's history and we learn from it, don't we? That's for sure. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Michael Usher. Pleasure, bye. And if you missed it, moments ago I put the call out on one triple three five three for anyone wanting to play Triple M's brand new game. Three shades of Grey. For Petrie's Minor 10. Mighty helpful for your weekend projects. Hey, Tina, what you doing? Oh, not a lot. You What's are, going on in your world? The same old, the same old, Tina. <laughs> daily grind, daily grind. You call it up because you want to have a crack at Fifty Shades of Grey today. I do. Do you understand how this works, Tina? I figure I've got to say what I think is more the greyer tone. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to throw two paint names your way. One mm-hmm. of them is not grey at all, and the other is a shade of grey. That's all it is. Okay. You just have to guess which one's the grey. Okay. So today's colours. Pale Lady, Musing. Which one is the shade of grey? I would say Musing. Pale Lady is a purple in colour. Tina, congratulations. You've just scored yourself a voucher. Yay. 100 bucks to spend. All we thanks to Petrie's Mighty 10. Mighty helpful for all your weekend projects. It's coming your way. Yay. It's super easy, super straightforward to play. And Triple M's 50 Shades of Grey. All we thanks to Petrie's Mighty 10 is back again next Friday for your next chance to play and win. Popcorn. Chop Tops. And the latest releases. Let's go to the movies with Shane A. Bassett. Movies are still closed, Shane A. Bassett, but the good news is still getting movies rolling through on online streaming. Hello there. Hello, you're right. I mean, considering we've got so many streaming choices to choose from and Paramount Plus is a new one on the block as well, there's just heaps of movies or television shows that we can discuss. There's too much to choose from sometimes. I'm not on Paramount Plus yet, but all I hope they have at the very least, is MacGyver, and then I'm happy. <laughs> I'll have to check that for you. I'm not sure. I know they've got uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jaws, so I'm very happy. Well, MacGyver is a Paramount um, production, so let's hope. Uh, clickbait, brand new on Netflix. Shane Bassett filmed here in Australia. Yeah, it was down in Melbourne. Uh, a lot of Australian actors appear in this. It's set in America, though, so they're using their American accents, which will recognise a lot of faces. Uh, I've got to say, it starts out like you think it's going to be a just a missing persons thriller, but it ends up being a whole lot more than that. It goes for eight episodes. Each episode ends in a cliffhanger, uh, and it's about a family man, um, husband. He gets kidnapped, and then a video turns up with him in it holding up some signs. Now, it sort of goes flashbacks then to his history and he has a whole lot of secrets that he hasn't told anybody about, including his wife. Spirals out of control. Zoe Kazan is in it. 
He plays, she's the, the sister in it that helps the police. And uh, Kate Lister, a friend of mine, she's in it. So shout out, shout out to Kate. It's a good show, clickbait on Netflix. Probably not one for the kids, though. Definitely not for kids. No, our two, two uh, movies, shows today are definitely not for kids. And clickbait especially is got some adult content that you don't want kids to see. Yeah, well, speaking of the other uh, movie you want to talk about, The Voyeurs, I assume by the name, it's definitely not suitable for kids. Yes, Voyeurs, as in I'm watching you, Allo. I <laughs> know yeah. oh, that sounded creepy. I won't, I won't <laughs> say that. Uh, it is an interesting film, but I've got to say, you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, would this really happen? Yeah. However, that's about a young couple. Um, they're in a new apartment a bit of a high-rise building with big windows so they can, like, view all their neighbours and see what their neighbours are up to. And they focus on this couple across the way and they're doing questionable activity each night. And unfortunately, the neighbours that are watching them become involved with the neighbours who are doing their activity and things go quite bad after that. But Sydney Sweeney is one of the main actors in this movie. If you don't know that name, she was in The White Lotus which was a recent series, which yeah. was very good too. So The Voyeurs on Amazon Prime is top stuff. Just don't let anyone tell you the what happened at the end. Spoiler free. And it's a thriller. It is. It's a mystery thriller. Uh, kind of like um, Rear Window or Body Double. Well, with a name like The Voyeurs, it, it, it could definitely be you know misunderstood for another type of genre. So <laughs> just want to clear yeah, up definitely. as a thriller. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Boys just really means that there's a lot of uh, viewing going on that yes. shouldn't be. Yeah, okay. Uh, Shadow Bassett, how many buckets of popcorn are you giving The Voyeurs now on Amazon Prime? The Voyeurs is going to get a good three and a half buckets of popcorn for me. I was captivated. And what about the previous movie, uh, previous series we talked about on Netflix, Clickbait? Yeah, Clickbait's high quality, and I really enjoyed it, as I said, and it's also, also really good to see the Australians involved in the production as well as American actors. Uh, Clickbait is also going to be a three and a half bucket of popcorn from me. Movie analyst Shane Bassett, thank you so much for your inputs for what we can watch on streaming this week. Uh, you, you know, you may find this hard to believe, but in lockdown, we live by what is available to us online at the moment. So thank you. No problem at all. I try and pick the best ones I possibly can each week to talk about, Allo. Bye for now.